Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Field Notes podcast. This is our very first episode. Uh, my name is Kate. I'll be hosting today with my husband, Zach, and our friend, Ben. We work for a missions organization called Kairos Global. And you're going to see Zach and I, as well as several other people that we work with, uh, rotating through hosting this podcast for you. We have experiences that we've gained through uh, just our time overseas as missionaries and just our walks with the Lord and our time in ministry that we want to share with you and bring it into biblical principles and things that we hold near and dear here at Kairos. So without further ado, for today's episode, we are going to be talking about some terms that get thrown around Christian circles a lot that are like super poignant terms, but they've maybe lost some of their uh, strength. Yeah, and it's even like my pastor said this, and I feel like I have the idea of what this means, but in reality, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I've been so. sitting in the pew <laughs> nodding along this whole time. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's jump in with that closer look. First one we want to look at is anointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, growing up, I heard this term anointing like so many different times. You know, it's either like, you know, biblically, it's like I'm pouring the oil on someone. So yep. it's like the literal meaning to anoint someone with oil. Yes. Or it's like, I guess in the context that we've really seen it or I've like really known it, it's like, oh, this person is super like gifted and right. like, or God has specially chosen this person to do this certain thing. I always thought like is at least the way it was conveyed to me or the way I understood it was like this kind of mantle of like blessing yeah. and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, wow, they, there's, yeah, they're so gifted. Wow, they're anointed. Like God <laughs> has anointed this person to do this, this, and this, right. like how God anointed Jesus. Right. And so it's essentially like little messiahs in our sphere of Our little, little celebrities. Yeah. yeah, little celebrity messiahs that really aren't that at all. Yeah. And... So like I started to do research on like, what anointing was and the best for me, what really triggered it for me and brought it like kind of from up here down to a normal mm. level. Um, I was reading this book called Jesus. It's by A.W. Tozer and he talks about anointing and he kind of goes off on this rant that is like people think anointing is this, this, and this, but he takes it to like just kind of like this practical He's like, anointing, you think of the Levitical priests when they were anointed to be priests before the Lord. So they pour the oil on them, and the oil is made up of like all these different ingredients that put off an aroma. Right. And so when the priests would go home, they would take off their priestly garments. They would go home when they're around their family, when they're walking through whatever the Israelite tents or whatever the rest of the people would still be able to smell the anointing oil on those people. Mm. Essentially, Tozer is saying anointing is just like the indication that someone has been with God or uh, you can tell that that person has been with God. Right. That's how Tozer broke it down, just super simple. He's like anointing is just evidence that you have spent time with God. Mm. <laughs> and like, I can think of times when that has stood out to me whether I recognize it or not. Right. Particularly particularly in the areas of maybe worship. Mm-hmm. I think we all have probably in, been in context where someone is just kind of beginning a journey of learning an instrument, but has sat at the feet of God 
something just captures you because it's like when Moses went and sat, you know, went and talked with God on the mountain. When he came back, people could tell he'd been with God. Yes, faith that kind of experience. Yeah. I love it because it takes anointing from being something that's like for the elite or something that's like really special. Or even for someone obtain. that's like really, really gifted or has but a big platform. It brings it down and it's like, no, you just started playing guitar last week, but you could be anointed. Mm -hmm. Like it's, if you take the time and spend it with the Lord and like get before him, yeah, like you will get anointed. It will be evident that you spent time with the Lord when you lead. And so it's like- It levels takes the it, playing field. Yes. Where it's not just for this person who fasted this long or did this. It's just a person whose heart is for the Lord. And the Lord's like, oh, like you've been with me. And so when you go into the world, people are going to tell that you've been with me. Really, the the, uh, the formula is just go spend time with Jesus yeah. and get to know him. And like, then, and not that, to say there isn't a place for excellence. I don't right. want to come across that way. Like I think, and I think it's power, powerful when you see someone that does something, does it well, but there's, they still do it in the context of intimacy, mm -hmm. As, whether it's in worship or, or offering like ourselves to God in what we do. Is it coming from a place of intimacy? Are, have we been anointed with his presence, with, mm -hmm. with the light of his face? Right. Which is Upon beautiful. What, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That's something to go after. That's yeah, something like, to look towards. Not like, oh, I want to be that gifted. I want to I I do something well, but do it from the context of, I know God and he mm -hmm. knows me. Mm -hmm. Like I think of like John Thurlow Dude, and yeah. like Coldplay, you know, Coldplay's yeah. like awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like musicianally excellent. John Thurlow, also musicianally excellent, but there's a difference yeah. when it's like, I listen to this and I listen to this person or even like some mainstream Christian song that's like, I'm listening to this mainstream Christian song. And then I'm hearing John Thurlow where he's just talking about, I love Jesus. Right. And you can tell that he's been with the Lord because right. what he sings, he speaks out of like, an intimate relationship that he has with Jesus. And it's not just, I'm singing these words because they're in the Bible yeah. and things like that. No, so, you can really feel it. I don't know if you could actually put it, this to the test, but having like an unanointed person, quote unquote, <laughs> and an anointed person sing the same line of a song and then see- Hey, you there, you look unanointed. Yeah. <laughs> Come step in here with John Thurlow and you know, we're gonna show how unanointed you are. No, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, let's not do that experiment. That's a no shame. And then the Lord doesn't show up for both. And so, because, oh, yikes. Okay, that makes me think of our second uh, little phrase that's Christianese that we want to talk about, which is quiet time. But what is quiet time? Quiet time or Bible time. I mean, growing up, I just thought that quiet time and Bible time were synonymous. Like, it's reading the Bible in a space that was focused and quiet. But I think it's quieting your soul, quieting the things that are, are speaking louder than the whisper of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. What's that verse? It's like, be still and know I'm God. Yeah. That's the quiet time. Mm -hmm. Was I still? Mm -hmm. Was I overwhelmed by who God is and who I am in the context of who God is. Mm -hmm. Jesus mm -hmm. says, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door. Yeah. And it's like, and when you shut the door, your heavenly father is there with you. If we recognize that the Lord is like there presently in the room with us, a lot of this chatter in our brain 
just slows down yeah. because it's like it's cares of the world it's anxiety it's what happens with this what happens with this is my family going to be saved or whatever and the lord's just like mm. he calms it for you because it's like when we know that we're standing before like the lord who can like do anything like most of those questions just kind of flutter away true. so yeah well, and most of the time like the lord doesn't speak in a thundering voice yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of the times it is like that still small voice or it's through scripture mm -hmm. and you kind of have to get yourself out of the way yeah. or like let the Lord like help quiet your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can hear what he's saying yeah. today. Mm -hmm. 100%. And that makes me think of our third phrase, which is Maranatha. And honestly, that's one that I've seen more on t-shirts these days and heard used in songs more than any of the others so far. Which is good. No, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's great. Even my mom, like, I was telling her, I was like, hey, we're about to record this podcast. It's going to be called Maranatha. She's like, you know, I really haven't. She's like, I've heard it now. But she's like, my mom got saved during the hippie movement, right? Really nice. And so she's like, that Maranatha was everywhere. Like, the Maranatha band, Maranatha shirts. And so there's like a resurgence coming now Which is, where we see it much more. I know I've heard from you, Ben, like how you've seen some people vowing the word but not even really knowing the, the the weight that it carries yeah so i am hanging out with people 10 years 15 years younger than me right mm -hmm. and um they're singing the song maranatha come lord jesus right. great song i love it like for real but you see a whole generation singing this song and not necessarily like knowing like what it means so i'm like okay i'm just gonna ask because they're also singing like songs from Upper Room where they're like, open the scroll, break the seal, worthy right. one. Mm -hmm. And I, for me, it took me years to figure out like, what does that mean? Uh, same. And then they're singing the songs now and I'm like, oh, I understand exactly. that, to understand what but it, it means. But it wasn't like It wasn't that. like that. So I asked uh, this young man, I was like, hey, like, do you know like what you're singing? Cause you know, you see them like going all out, jumping right. up and down, like crying. Right. And I'm like, okay. Like, I just want to ask you a question. Do you know what that means? And he's like, yeah, Maranatha means Lord come quickly. And I'm like, okay, like, tell me more. Yeah, it does mean that. And he's like, well, when I sing it, it's me just crying out Maranatha for the Lord to come inside of our worship night. Right. And I'm just like, oh, that, now I didn't tell him this fully, but I was like, oh, that's actually like not what, it means right. at all. Right. right. He got the exact words right, right, but their implication and their scriptural context are not that. <laughs> right. And even like I went on to go ask, so what does open the scroll, break the seal mean to you? Well, the scroll is the word of God. Lord, open the scroll of my heart of the word to me. Mm -hmm and then break the seal over my eyes so that I can understand your word. Right. And I'm like, that is not what that means at all. <laughs> and not, I mean, not bashing him. I mean, it's just like. It hasn't been explained. And maybe that can speak to like a greater problem. I grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. Those things weren't explained to me. Right. Oh yeah, he's like, not singular in this uh -huh. yeah. event at all. But yet we're singing these things. Do we know what we're singing? Right. Yeah. I didn't even know what Maranatha meant until I joined a missions org. 
Right. And then I started hearing Maranatha that's singing the songs like, that's what does this mean? Right. And then someone explains it to me. So basically you were this dude you were talking to basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like so much, <laughs> you, yeah. I am literally you. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. And then, um, so I just kind of gave him the context of Maranatha. Yeah. And Will you give it to us? Yeah. 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 And so essentially the word means the Lord has come. The Lord is coming again. And it also means like, Lord, come quickly. And it's like, okay, so why do we want the Lord to come quickly? When I think about Paul, mm-hmm. when I think about John, when I think about the disciples, pretty much they had an intimate relationship with Jesus. The 12 disciples literally like hung out with him, touched him, felt dinner. him, ate dinner together, smelt his breath, smelt his BO, like yeah. all these things. Like I, they lived with him. And so it's like yeah. when their friend dies, it's like one, it's like they're depressed. They all scatter. And so when Jesus comes back, they're like, yeah, Jesus, you're with us. Yay, you're back again. You are a king. You're going to restore Israel, yada, 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 yada. Right. And then he's like, but it's better that I leave mm-hmm. so that I can send the Holy Spirit to you, but I will come again. The disciples longed for their friend to come back. They saw him return the first time from back from the dead. And he said, okay, Jesus actually is who he says he is. Yeah. And he's actually going to restore the earth. And it's like, this is my best friend who's going to do it. And I long to be with my best friend again. And I I think that groan also, it's kind of the collective groan of humanity and creation as a whole. Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether it knows, like in the context of friendship, but also in the context of things are not okay. Yeah. Things are not okay right now. Yeah. There is disease, there is death, there is there is injustice. And it's increasing. Yes. On the earth. So Strong's definition of it, working from when Paul uses it in 1 Corinthians, right. he calls it an exclamation of approaching divine judgment. Mm-hmm. And so there's an understanding there that it's not just, you know, like, come back, Lord, but it's the what you were saying, it's come and set all of the wrong things right. right. Come and judge the righteous and the unrighteous according to their portion. And like, that's everything that is not right, which mm-hmm. a lot of it is individual, you know, sin and corruption and and like evil, but it's literally like everything, every structure, every system, every every aspect of creation and, and humanity that is, that is not right, that is not good, that is a tw- been twisted from its original design, he's gonna come back and restore it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like every vain thing that essentially exalts itself against yeah. the knowledge of the Lord yeah. will be brought low. Yeah. And 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 that's yeah. what we're asking for yes. when we cry Maranatha. Not just the idea. It's not it. just like Lord come to me in this moment. It's like you're asking for <laughs> the Lord like the physical split the, the man sky, split the sky and come back for yeah. a global <laughs> cataclysmic event that had been spoken of and looked for for thousands of years to happen a point in time that will literally rock wicked the rest. systems yeah. get raised yeah and so essentially it's like we're singing like god Brain Armageddon. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, but we crap. say it so sing- we say it so nice <laughs> and stuff like that and so when we sing that I'm like, one, this is actually like the spirit and the bride are saying, come. And whether it's like at an ignorant stage in life, that cry is being reinstilled in a generation's heart. It's saying, I long for the Mm. return of Jesus. 
and whether or not it's come to maturity, like it's coming, it's still coming to maturity in me. He will hear the cry of a a church that's pure and spotless and he'll, he'll answer that call. And so that's like, so encouraging because like, even in our ignorance, it's like a weak yes, where it's like, you don't fully understand all of the implications, but the Lord does. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he knows the heart behind it and he's still going to use it. And he wants what's best for us. Right. And what's best for us is to be aligned with his heart and to be so much in love with him that we are literally joining with his cry to return. Right. It is good that he left. Yes. It is good and that we have the the living God dwelling in us. Mm-hmm. But it's not complete. Right. It's not complete. And his cry becomes our cry. Yeah. So his cry becomes our cry. just to give an example of that, I had uh, started a missions training school back several years ago and I did like the training in the U.S. and I was overseas in the Middle East for a couple of months training and I had received the theology. I grew up in the church too. Right, right. And I knew he was coming back and kind of similar where Maranatha Mm -hmm. hadn't hit yet, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It hadn't impacted you. It hadn't impacted me yet. Right even though I had the head knowledge and that was there. And halfway through this trip overseas, I get a phone call and my grandma had died. This was someone that I was very close with and it was like really difficult for me that I was so far away, like 6,000 miles away when this happened. And so I just, I took the day off and I was just trying to process my grief with the Lord And I was out on a rooftop, just looking out over the city and the Lord started to minister to me. And he just, that quiet voice, Mm -hmm. so gentle, was reminding me like, okay, but she knew me. Mm -hmm. And you're like your parents, your siblings, they know me. And you have this blessed hope that like, you're gonna be with them, with me in eternity. But like, all of these families that you're looking out over their homes and their houses and their tents, they don't know me. And you're in a culture that values family so much. Mm -hmm. They, They stick together until somebody gets married and then they move right next door. And they so much love family, but they only have 70, 80 years. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. Yeah. That's the end of the day for them. Yeah. Like that's the point of no return. Right. Right. That's when things have been decided. Right. And he asked me then, would I not stay and be a missionary and labor mm-hmm. in the Middle East amongst those people yeah. so that they might have that hope as well? Yeah. yeah. That moment was when it was like, oh, this is real. And the Maranatha cry, it's not just a word we say, it's almost like a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. living in light of the Lord's return. And if we grasp that Jesus is a real man, mm-hmm. who's the real king who will rule and reign out of Israel. And I just remember where we lived in India, the Ganges River is there. And right. it's pretty much the hub of Hinduism. It's like their holy place. So you're cremated, you have your ashes poured into the Ganges River, and it's pretty much you get to break out of the cycle of reincarnation. Right. But there's some people like, babies, pregnant women, and priests, where you don't burn their bodies, and you just, they're dead, and you just put the body in the river. And so you can see bodies floating on the river. 
And I remember it was one day, I'm actually leading a short term. And so this is, I have already been a missionary for two years at that time. Right. I had already like done my short term and I'm leading the short term. And I, one of our friends, I'm like showing them the river and they're like, wow, it's really beautiful. They've even put like flowers in the river because it looked like a bouquet of flowers. And essentially what it was, was a baby mm-hmm. that had died and they wrapped the baby in a cloth and put flowers all in it. Mm-hmm. And it's just this baby floating in the water. And so... I just kind of tell the guys that I'm with, I'm like, those aren't flowers. And and then it's like, it's graphic, but it's like you see like the little foot, like the rigor mortis foot sticking yeah. out of the thing. And that was like the first moment where I was just like, oh Lord, you need to return. Yeah. And it also didn't help that our house was like a mile, like less than a mile away from these places called the Burning Gots. The city that we lived in is one of the oldest cities in the world. Mm-hmm. and like that fire that has been burning has been burning for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And it's all for a chance to be with God. So we would frequent that area because it just looked like a hell factory yeah. where it's, they burn 250 to 500 bodies a day, 24 seven. And so when you go there, there's like 13 burning pyres there. And you're just like, none of these people probably knew Jesus. So Hindus from all around the world yeah. are coming to the city to die in the city, yeah. to have their ashes cremated and put just for the chance yeah. that they could be break the cycle of reincarnation. They're longing, they're searching for God, yeah. and yet in that, they're still not finding it. Yeah. Right. So watching that, seeing it, living so close to it, there has to be like a cry that wells yeah. up in you that you're like, oh Lord, please come back. Right, yeah, and I think it was, it pretty much came like, where it started out as like anger. Why is this culture this way? Right. And then it inevitably turned into, oh Lord, you alone can save yeah. and you alone can make the wrong things right. Yeah. Lord, come and make the wrong things right. You, you, you start seeing more than individuals. You start seeing the evil structures that literally hold them bondage. Mm-hmm. Structures of, of religion yeah. and oppression that and you and you see you see the injustice between people, and then you, you look a little higher, and you see the things that influence, and like literally the, the the powers of darkness and utter complete evil that literally hold these people by a throat. I want I want justice to be done on a holistic level, and that will only happen when Jesus comes. Well, even like for me, starting out as a missionary, I started out because I yeah. wanted people to get saved, right? And I found myself just getting burnt quick yeah. mm. because it's like I'm doing it for people to be saved right. which it's like it's not inherently bad to right. do but it's like when people aren't getting saved it's like what's my purpose right. but the Maranatha cry really just transformed my heart it's like I'm doing this because I want God to return because like Matthew 24 14 this gospel will be preached every tribe nation and tongue right. then the end will return right. I love Jesus I want him to return. Right. I'm signing up for that, yeah. his return. Yeah. Where that is the desire in his heart. Yeah. It's like, I love you and I want you to return. Right. These things are hinged on my return, mm-hmm. but I love you and I want to come back. And all the disciples, they live that way. Paul lived that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why they say, like, okay, we can hasten the day of mm-hmm. his return by doing this and this. Yeah. And we want to live that way yeah. because we want him to return. Because even any amount of justice we could do on the earth, 
pales mm. in comparison to the man of justice at work on the earth. Yeah. And when he sets up his judicial monarchy system, whatever it is, it's like, yeah. I, it's like the disciples, Paul, back to yeah. what you were saying earlier, like they had sat with him. Yeah. They had seen, yeah. they had touched, they had smelled, mm -hmm. they had like spoken with him. Right. That was what motivated them to go out and preach the gospel and yes. spread the good news was they're like, we want him to come back. Right. This is this is what we've got to help hasten the day. Yeah. Yes, and, it's true. And so what we long to see, what yeah. we burn to see is people knowing him like that. It's in Ephesians, it's like, it's to know him. And that word know is the experiential knowledge mm -hmm. of him. Yeah. Where John's like, we have seen him. We have beheld him with yeah. our eyes. Mm. We have smelt him. We, yeah. like, like Thomas literally, the Lord's like, touch me. Yeah. Touch the hole in my hand. Yeah. I think that's what God desires is that we actually will experience him. Yeah. It really is about seeing him, knowing him, beholding him, yeah. and developing that friendship with him that inevitably our ideas and our ideologies will line up with what he desires, his ideologies, and our life changes from individualistic like, what can I get for me? Right. Or how can I grow in God? Or et cetera, et cetera, to Jesus, I long for you to have your inheritance because yeah. you are the really only one worthy. Yeah. And it's not about, even if I'm ever known, it's not about, it's just not about me. It's not about it your removes platform. me from the thing. It's not me doing a crusade. It's about Jesus receiving his full inheritance. Yeah. So good. Thanks. Do you, would you mind praying for us? Yeah. Sweet. Great. Let's do it. Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would set our desires to look like the desires of the Son. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would set our hearts ablaze with the cry of Maranatha and that you would purify us, that we would be a bride that is ready and waiting and crying out, Lord, come quickly, Maranatha. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we want you. Come and make the wrong things right. And Lord, we just want to be with you where you are. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 At the end of the day, we just want to encounter God. We want to know him. And we want to push past the things that hinder it, whether it be shallow understandings or even just, yeah, we just want to know God. And that's our hope and prayer for ourselves and for you guys. And we're excited. We're excited about this podcast season. Thank you for joining along with us and stay tuned for our next episode, which will drop two weeks from now. Mm -hmm.